Well, welcome to a new series that we're calling This Is My Story. Um, we, uh, we have been looking for a way to tell, I mean, how awesome was this? How awesome are these testimonies that we heard um, of faith in Jesus Christ? Does that excite you? Amen. Well, it doesn't sound like it to me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It just cranks me up to hear stories, especially of young people of faith in Jesus Christ, and they want to go on and serve the Lord. There is so much great stuff in their future as they follow the Lord, and what a great thing to hear those stories. But I don't think we have an opportunity to hear the stories enough that God is doing in the hearts of people. And so we have been looking for ways to give a platform to that. In fact, I used to have a vision um, that someday, if I'm ever a lead pastor, I'm, I, I'm going to build like a big a big elevated pulpit. We're going to call it the witness stand and let people come and just testify of the great things that God has done in their lives and how God's using them. And it never transpired. And so um, we've come up with this idea called This Is My Story. I think it went pretty well in the first service. Um, as we talk through, uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach a little bit on a subject and then we're going to see how God is working that out in the hearts and lives of other people in our congregation. You okay with that? All right, so we're going to give it a try, and we're going to do this for the next couple of weeks and um, see what God does in this. And it may be turn into something we do on a regular basis. Maybe every time we do a baptism, we do a This Is My Story uh, Sunday or something like that. But um, here's our deal today. This is what we're going to talk about today, okay? The topic is, um, have you been called, or you have been called is the title of the sermon, but we're talking about the calling of God in our lives and the will of God in our lives. So as it comes to the will of God in your life, um, here's the question, how can I be sure to find it? If God has a will for my life, how can I be sure to find it? Here's the second aspect, kind of that we're going to lean into today uh, more than the other, is does God have a calling on my life? And if so, how can I know if I'm walking in that calling? How can I hear the calling if he is calling me? So those are the things that we're going to be talking about today. So take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians. Because you can go to a lot of places. In fact, there's a lot of people who have written books. Like I have a book up here um, by Friesen entitled Decision Making in the Will of God. Anybody read this book? Yeah. This is a hard book to work through, okay? Decision Making in the Will of God. There's some other books that are bigger than this on how do you find God's will? How do you know God's will? How do you hear his voice? These are good. But I can tell you that the only place to really find the answers to life's questions that we have is in the Word of God itself. So we're going to go to the Word of God and see what the Word of God has to say about these things. And we're going to start with Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Hopefully you have your Bible open. So here we go. You ready? Yes. Two people are ready to go. Come on, Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Write the Word of God. Here we go. Verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 1. He, that is God the Father, chose us... That is, the children of God who believe in him chose us in him, that is, Jesus Christ. And you're like, why are you busting this up like this? Because it's very important for you to understand who we're talking about here. So the Father chose us, we who believe in him, we who are his children, chose us in Jesus Christ, his son, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. 
In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. If you jump down to verse 11, it says, he adds, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Now just take a moment and let that sink in the truth of what you just heard. This means that before the foundations of the world, before anything that we know was created, it was just a thought in God's mind at the time, before he created, actually made it happen, he chose you. And he called you. And he had plans, he had made plans for you before. And you guess what? He didn't ask your permission. He didn't ask your advice on it. He didn't talk to you about it. He chose it for you and actually chose you to be in Christ Jesus before he even created the world. Think about that, you guys. That's pretty special stuff. In love, he predestined us for adoption. So in his love, he predestined and, and declared that we were going to be his sons and daughters. How awesome is that? Before you took your first breath, before you acted out in your first selfish act, before you have acted out selfishly. Okay. Before you sinned that sin, before you did the things that you have done in your past, he chose you and predestined out of his love for you to adopt you. That is incredible. So before the whole world was created, he already had you in his mind. We were already chosen and predestined. Now, Jeremiah testifies of this in his own life. Jeremiah is an Old Testament prophet. So if you want to go to your Bibles with me to Jeremiah chapter 1, we're going to see him testify to this, okay? This thing about the calling of God in your life and the will of God for your life. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. The Lord gave me this message, and so he wants to write it down for us. The Lord gave me this message, and here it is. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations, Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. Can't you just hear God say that? You don't want a God to talk to you like that. You know, knock it off. Don't, don't you say something like that. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. How many of us have been like Jeremiah? How many of us, you hear the, the message of God in your life and the calling of God in your life, he says, I've got this assignment for you, and you're like, oh, Lord, no, I can't do it. I'm not worthy to do it, or I'm too young, or I'm too old, or you don't understand my past. I'm totally screwed up, and you know that, and so there's no way I could do that for you. And what God's message to you is, for those of us who do that to God, his message is, stop it. Don't say that. You're going you're gonna to go where I send you, and you're going to say the things I want you to say. Now, that should bring us comfort. Because he's not like saying, you're going to do what you're told. You know, some people are like, I don't want to do God's will because that makes me a puppet. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather be a puppet 
in the hands of the puppet master, God himself, than be on my own out there. I know what's in here, and I know how messed up I am on my own. But God says, listen, 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 listen. It's not about whether you're too young or whether you're too old or whether you can handle it or not. It's about what I'm going to do through you. You need to understand that. That's what his message was to Jeremiah. Isaiah had something similar. If you want to jump over to Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 6, he explains his story. He tells us his story of his calling of God in his life. Verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 49, he says, listen to me and pay attention. Now you, you love it when a prophet of God says that because he's getting ready to tell you something profound. So he's reaching out to us today and saying, listen up, pay attention. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I'm like a sharp arrow in his quiver. Man, I love that. He said to me, you are my servant and you will bring me glory. Listen now. The Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. How's that for an assignment? And you're saying to yourself, well, that's Isaiah. Isaiah. He was like so special. And that's Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. He is so special. Of course God chose him to do that. Of course God chose Isaiah to do that. Those guys were powerful men of God. Can I just tell you a secret? They're just like any other man. And they were broken down and in sin with wicked hearts before the Lord called them and called them out to be separate from the rest of the world, to do a specific task that he had chosen for them before the foundation of the earth. And he says to them, listen, it's not about you, it's about what I'm going to do through you because I'm gonna do something in you and I'm gonna do something powerful through you. That's the plan I have for you. And you're like, well, I'm not like any of those guys. I can't be that person. Ephesians 1, verse 4. Let's go back. This is New Testament. This is him speaking to the church and therefore him speaking to you. Paul writes, he, God the Father, chose us, chose us, every one of us, in him, Jesus his son, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of whose will, church? Whose will? His church. I need you to hear loud and clear that you are here today, you are in Christ Jesus today because God has chosen you before the foundations of the earth. You wouldn't be here if he hadn't. First service, one of the young men, I don't know how old he was, probably nine, 10 years old. He told his testimony, he said, I was in. Did you hear all these, by the way, did you hear all these testimonies of homeschool kids and kids in Sunday school and their Sunday school teachers in the baptismal tank with them and how influence that those in the church of Jesus Christ have on your children. Are you hearing that message? 
good because that's super powerful. But this one um, young man, he was standing in there and he said, he said, you know what? He said, I heard the story in my Sunday school class and he said, all of a sudden the story made sense. And I thought, that is, that is foundational doctrine right there of salvation because the Holy Spirit has to come to you and open your eyes because Satan has them shut and the Holy Spirit has to come and open your eyes and reveal the truth to you before you can ever believe it. And that's what he has done for all of us who claim Jesus Christ and who have a testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. You are unique and special to him, like it or not. He has a specific, unique plan for you, like it or not, because there are some people in the building right now that you know God has an assignment for you, and you're fighting it right now, because you're not sure you like it, because it's going to be hard, and it's going to mean some sacrifice, but God has already laid out your life's purpose and your life's plan. He's already determined the things that he has for you to do. And his plan and his purpose and his will for you is not to like run around in the fog trying to figure it out. Ooh, do I do, I do this or do I do that? Am I hearing his voice? Am I not hearing his voice? Listen to me. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to hear his voice and whether or not he's going to get you there. If God declared it before the foundation of the earth, he's going to make it happen and come to pass. The only thing that will stop it is if you, his child, decide to go selfish and serve yourself and put King me on the throne of your life instead of King Jesus on the throne of your life and stop the forward progress that God wants to do through you that he's doing in, that he starts to do in you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because we can, we can hinder the Holy Spirit and quench the Holy Spirit in our lives by not serving him. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God have prepared in advance for us to do. He has a job for every single one of you. Do you get it? Yes. And some of you are like, I don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get it, Phil. You don't understand. You don't know what I'm like. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know how bad my past is. You don't know that I don't, I'm not educated. I don't know the things that I need to know in order to do those things that God has for me to do. I'm not ready to do that. You don't understand. Some of you might be like, you don't, if you knew me, you would know that I'm a zero with the whole cut out of it. That's how bad I am. Yeah, good. That's the first place you need to be before God can really use you. I know how bad you are. I do. Well, that's not very nice to say, Phil. Not very nice to say to us. We're sitting here at church. We're all dressed up. We're ready to go. Well, you, you may be dressed up on the outside, but I know what's on the inside of you. I do. And it's not because I know every single person's story in here. It's because I know the story of man. And I know what's inside my own heart. And I know how wicked I am. And I know my temptation to do the things that I'm not supposed to do. And I know you're all just as broken as I am. Come on, bro. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were noble. Not many of you were wise. Not many of you were influential. 
Verse 27, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before the Lord. And I'm sitting here reading that going, yes, 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 pick me. Because I'm horrible. I am a worm. I am so small. I am so not ready to do the work of the Lord. And if you delight in picking those kinds of people to do your will, uh, sign me up. Because I don't have to do anything to be that bad. I'm already there. (laughs) And maybe you're right now going, dude, you you need to go get some counseling. You have a wrong view of yourself. You need to love yourself more. If I love myself more, I will be of no use to the Lord. No. It is because of him, Jesus Christ, that you are in Christ Jesus. Not because you're so good. He has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. God has a will for your life and he has a plan for your life and the will of God is not to sit around and worry about finding the will of God. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, here's what you do. Stop worrying about the future and worrying about whether you're gonna find my will or not. Just seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and I will take care of everything else. I will lead you into all the paths that I have laid out for you. You're not gonna miss anything. You just focus on doing the things that I've told you clearly in the scripture to do. You live in the now. You live in the moment for righteousness in my kingdom and my will, and I'll take care of everything else. That's clear in the scriptures, you guys. One pastor wrote this. When it's not God's time, you can't force it. But when it is God's time, you can't stop it. I love that. There's a great illustration of this story. The story of Abraham. Abraham and Sarah, they have their only child, their one child, Isaac. And they want to make sure that he marries well. So Abraham takes his servant and he says to his servant, you go out and find the right wife, the perfect wife, the one woman that God has for my son Isaac. You go out and find him. And that, that, that servant was like, this is an impossible task. What are you asking of me? I'm supposed to just load up my donkey and go out into the wilderness and find the right woman. And Abraham says, this is exactly what I want you to do. And he goes, I can't do that. How am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to know? There's like 100 women out there that might be possible. I don't know why I work myself out of my breath like that. <laughs> Too much coffee or something like this. I'm sorry about that. But listen to what Abraham said to that servant when he said, this is impossible. He said this, God will send his angel before you so that you can find a wife for my son. And he goes out there, and he trusts in that, and he finds Rebecca, and this is what he says. Praise the Lord. Get this, don't miss this. While I was on the journey, the Lord led me to Rebecca's house. That's powerful. Jesus said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. You you get on that path, and I will lead you to where you need to go. And we don't have the angel of the Lord to lead us. 
We have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us to guide us down all the paths that he has in order to accomplish the will and goals and the calling that he has for our lives. And I'm talking to every single one of you. Some of you think that, well, he's not talking to me. I'm different. No, you're not. So this is what the Lord does. Now, I want to invite Matt Cox to come to the platform. Let's just welcome him to the platform, all right? And we're going to do this weird Johnny Carson thing, you know, sitting here um, type of thing. And I want us to, um, to, I want you to hear Matt's story. So Matt and Sherry came to us a little over 10 years ago to Bristol, Indiana, and the First Baptist Church. And um, I want you to hear Matt's story. Some of you don't even know how God's led him, but I'm going to catch, us, catch you up on the first part. So he's raised in a Christian home, strong Christian parents, got saved when you were nine years old. Um, your dad was an officer in the military, and so you were um, all over the place, lived everywhere, lived in Alaska uh, for a time. And, um, and then he gets to college. I, I actually was going to title, if you know Matt, this will make sense to you. I was going to title the message today um, concerning Matt. I was going to title it From Officer Brat to Lion Burrito. And if you know his story in, in uh, Zimbabwe, then you, that makes sense to you. But we, uh, so I want you to take us from that point in college when you really began to hear the voice of the Lord and he began to move you and direct you and just kind of talk us through that and catch us up on the rest of your life on that. Yeah, so when I was in high school, I was in Anchorage, Alaska, and the Lord um, led me through a longer story to a place called Plainview, Texas. So I went from a place that had a mountain in my backyard to... Nothing. Plain View, Texas is exactly that, Plain View. But uh, the university was a Baptist university there, and, um, and I spent my entire first semester studying as much as possible a girl named Sherry, <laughs> who later on became my wife. But, um, and I spent the rest of my college career fixing my GPA. But... Um, I didn't know the direction that God had for me, but I, I grew up in a home, and I will say this, um, I'm very thankful, and seeing all of our, our kids um, getting baptized today, I'm very thankful for godly parents that shared Christ with me. It changed my life forever, and I didn't know the direction that God had for me at that time, but I knew I was surrendering to a relationship with him, with Jesus Christ, and it, everything else was going to follow, and... Um, when I was a junior in high school, I knew the Lord was calling me to something, but I had no idea. So I thought, well, I'll just do what my dad did. My dad, I always knew as my minister of music uh, growing up, and his ministry was to take small churches that didn't have a music program, and he would organize them, work with them, work with choirs and, and um, their music department, and by the time we left in three or four years, they had a music program for that church, and that's what I grew up under, and a lot of those skills that I use today, I learned from him. So I thought, well, that sounds like something I could do, very simple, um, but what am I going to do with my career? Because I need to make some money. I just, uh, you know, found the girl of my dreams, and I need to support her, and, and so what am I going to do? I was in athletics all throughout my um, years in, in high school and 
in college, and I, uh, I, I was learning how to um, grow and coach, and I had an opportunity to do that, and so I thought, well, I'll just go into the teaching field. I can coach, and, and so I did. I um, was able to get a degree in that, and, um, but I always did music on the side, just like I grew up, and so that's how it started, and uh, it was much later that once I'm in my career and those type things that my, um, yes, I was good at teaching, I was good at coaching, but the joy wasn't there. It wasn't my calling. And, um, but the things that I learned in doing of those has helped me where I am today. And I began to have a passion and a desire to do more in the music and the worship field that I couldn't do because I was having to do everything else with uh, coaching and teaching. And um, there came a, a, a crossroads in our lives that um, a decision was going to have to be made. Am I going to quit fighting the call or I'm going to surrender to it? And once I surrendered to it, um, that's when the scary parts come. <laughs> and, uh, and we were able to um, transition into a ministry um, where it's, we're not sure how it's going to work. It doesn't look good on paper. Um, my parents were worried, of course, um, after all of those school schooling. Um, what is that going to look like? Changing careers, going into the worship field. And we did. So um, the Lord has provided, and my story is more of when God opens doors, you walk through them. And understand that God's going to be whichever way you go. And sometimes I would, uh, I would go in a direction that was comfortable for me. Uh, the Lord was there, but he was nudging me back to where I needed to go. And that's where I found um, my joy and my uh, completeness, if you will, with, uh, with following him. So you had, a, you had a, um, a big decision to make because you were going from two full-time public school teaching salaries mm -hmm. down to one because you guys were having kids and so Sherry's going to stay home and you were going from that to a pastor's salary <laughs> in a small church. Right. Yeah, it doesn't work well on paper. So uh, that's really comfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had, to, we had to sell our everything. We had to sell our home. We made the decision and our house didn't sell. It didn't sell for 18 months. And you're like, well, now what? What are we going to do? Um, and I believe the Lord was teaching us and testing us and preparing us for what was to come next. And, um, and so we had to rely on uh, things that we hadn't relied on before and learn things that we had never been taught before on how uh, to deal with finances and how to give like because when you're, you feel like you can't, you can't move financially with anything. Um, uh, you're in debt over your, your ears and, and uh, giving was difficult, but it was there that God taught us how to give and uh, to give faithfully, even though it didn't, it doesn't work on paper. Uh, God doesn't, he doesn't live on paper. And uh, so, can I stop you there? Uh, yep. Are you hearing that? 
talk to anybody who's a veteran in their walk with God, and you're going to hear them say, it doesn't work on paper. I just need you to hear that. I need you to make sure you hear, have ears to hear that God might be calling you to something and it doesn't work on paper. And you're like, see, if you get to the place, were you guys tempted or did anybody counsel you to say, no, you can't do that? Oh, yeah. What's wrong with you? You, you, can't, you can't afford it or you, you can't go down that road because it doesn't make sense. Has anybody counseled you? Did anybody counsel you that way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, lots of times. But I had a pastor who um, spoke into me, and this is one of the things that he said. said, because I, I was complaining about all these things, um, not being able to be the father I want to be, not being able to support uh, my family like I need to, not being able to uh, serve in the church like I, I feel like I'm supposed to. And he said, um, it sounds like you're fighting against God. God has given you a call just surrender to it. And once I finally surrendered to it, everything started to line up. It was still scary uh, because you're doing things against the world. But, um, but the Lord took care of every need, everything that we've ever needed, uh, and he, he provides and uh, always has and always will because once you surrender to him, he will take care of those things. Okay, let's transition now. Let's go from that to um, the church you were in where you came and met Pastor Steve. All right. So take us there. So um, for 19 months, we didn't have a pastor. We were looking for a pastor. Uh, Steve Taylor, which um, some of you don't know, he and I uh, serve with Rock Cry Ministries, and you'll hear more about that in a minute. But... um, he and his wife, Shirley, were coming as a candidate to be our lead pastor at our, my last church. And the elders asked Sherry and I to host them in our home on a Saturday night before he preaches and for us to just talk about ministry and all those things. And so we did. And so we had them over. And we talked about the future, what it's going to look like with him preaching and me doing music and all of that and just some exciting things to look forward to. And then he started to talk about his life as a missionary in Africa. He spent 11 years over there and that he does trips uh, called Rock Cry Expeditions every year. And he's like, you should go. I was like, okay. I didn't think anything more of it. We, uh, we said our goodbyes and they left and I remember closing the door and I turned around and my wife is standing right there and she pointed at me and she says, you're going to Africa. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and uh, I had, that was not um, something that was on my mind, but it was like a giant door opened up. And so I went, and I went with the thought, I'm just going to use some of my skills and those type things. And, um, but when I, when I met the, the Tonga people in which we minister to each and every year, God opened a burden that wasn't there before, to a group of people that doesn't have anything. There's nobody going except for us. And I thought, wow, um, the ministry in itself hit a a part of my heart that I didn't know was there. This is not a a ministry in a a place for everybody, because it's hard. It's really hard. Um, And it's something I had to grow in. 
there are th- many things that frustrate me um, about Africa, but many things that I have just fallen in love with that I didn't know was there before. Except you and I haven't talked about this, but I, I went back uh, a, couple, a couple months ago. Uh, my parents boxed up, and a lot of your parents do this, your kids' stuff, and you're like, here you go, and I have it. Um, they boxed up all my stuff when I was a kid. And I was going through some stuff, and I was looking in there, and I had totally forgotten that when I was you know, 6 to 12 years old or whatever, I had a, um, it was a, a canvas painting that I hung in my room. And it was a picture of an African sunset with a giraffe and f- from Kenya. And it was in my room uh, growing up. Totally forgotten about that. It just seems like that God has these bits of destiny that uh, he's going to send you on. But um, that, when I looked at that, it was like, wow, um, all those thoughts and memories came to mind. But when you're, when you're called to something, um, God makes a way. He makes a way when it just, it doesn't make sense sometimes. And he puts things in places, in, in pieces in places. And he also puts people in your life. And he puts... Um, that's why I love the church, because the church can affirm some of those things in your life. I didn't have to make those decisions on my own. I had pastors, I had family, I had church family that affirmed it all along the way. And to go into a calling, a scary calling, whether that's doing full-time vocational ministry or if um, you're going across the seas, um, knowing that you have the the will of God and the call of God in your life, um, you, can, you can do anything. You really can, uh, even though it is scary. You see the pattern that we, you, you can read it in the scriptures like we did earlier, but you, here's what's happening. You have a couple that have said, Lord, I wanna do your will. I just want, just use us, however you wanna use us. But they were in a secular field And God begins to open doors of opportunity and they walk through the doors of opportunity and as they open doors of opportunity, another door of opportunity opens to them. They came here um, a little over 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago, and I remember you saying, well, we have this thing that we do called rock cry. You gonna be okay with us going there? You know, you gonna be okay? And and we're like, we don't know what that means or what that, well, I'm gonna go for two weeks. I wanna need to go for two weeks every way to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who have never seen a white person before or have never heard the name Jesus Christ before. And so because God led them to come here, which is a miraculous story all in itself, to come to Elkhart, Indiana, to First Baptist Church, we, for the last 11 years, have been able to get involved and help bring, in the last 13 years, Matt told me this week that over 2,000 people have come to faith in Jesus Christ and multiple churches have been started in Zimbabwe, in the Zambezi Valley because of the ministry of Rock Cry that God laid hit. Us opened a door one day to an opportunity to go to Africa and some of you have gone and done the very same thing. This is how God works. This is what he does and he opens up these doors of opportunity. So, Matt, um, so your degree was in 
music ministry, right, when you were in college, your degree was in music ministry and missions, correct? Uh, no. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay. Yes, it was. It was it, it, you, it, there's no way you could be a music pastor, a vocational full-time music pastor, and lead these massive trips to Africa without having a degree. So, so you went to seminary and got your degree. After you figured out the teaching thing wasn't gonna work, you went to seminary and got your degree in that. No, uh, no. <laughs> so you weren't equipped. I was equipped with what God gave me to be equipped with. <clears throat> Who is equipped to do the work of the Lord? Unless the Lord does the work in you to do the work for him. That's his story. You know, I know I'm jumping because we're like. We're rapid fire. We, yeah, we, this isn't going at all like it went in the first service. Um, but I want you to see something, okay? Because God is at work in every single one of us. And he's at work in a young woman that I want to introduce to you um, that you may not know. Her name is Kaylin Stankovich. Come on up here. Let's welcome her to the platform. So welcome, Kaylin. Did you see how we did that? Did you see how he shifted to the other side of the couch? Very smooth. We're professionals. We're very smooth. That's very smooth. That's good. So um, we want to introduce you to Kaylin. Kaylin is one of our missionaries, and you may not know that, um, but the Lord has been working in her heart to catch you up on her life. She was raised in a strong Christian family, um, started coming to First Baptist when you were in junior high, got saved when you were seven, and um, so you gave your heart to the Lord when you were seven, and the Lord has been working on you to give you a direction for your life. And um, she came to us. I remember when she came to us and said, the Lord is moving in this way. Um, are you, would you guys be willing to partner with us and pray with us about this and partner with me on this new move? So she is a missionary in Brazil for us. And so um, went off to school, the Word of Life is Bible Institute. So talk to us now about what God is doing and where you're going. So after high school, I, um, yeah, I studied the Bible at Word of Life Bible Institute in New York. And um, when I went there, uh, I really went there with the idea that I was going to leave after one year and kind of get like a career started and um, just go after like the American dream. And then um, it was really quickly that the Spirit of God just used the Word of God to um, teach me that it would be a colossal waste of my life to um, spend it on things that are going to die with me. And so um, I decided there that I really wanted to use my life um, full-time for ministry, but I wasn't really sure what. And so um, during my second year studying there, we were studying a lot about um, missions and just about ministry. And um, I decided that the Lord was, well, at first I was very nervous. I was just um, paralyzed that um, I was gonna do the wrong thing for the Lord. I was gonna miss his will, that I ended up doing nothing. And so, um, I had a really great um, mentor that was just pouring into me, and um, she reminded me that I don't need a special voice from heaven, but I need to be obedient to scripture, 
Um, and so I just looked at scripture and I realized that um, like 2,000 years ago, Jesus died and he rose and he asked us to reach all the nations with his um, gospel. And there's today, 2,000 years later, still people that um, have never heard and don't have the Bible in their language. And so I knew I really wanted to use my life for that. And so I just started taking steps um, towards that. And there was a professor there that um, he said something that really has kind of helped me make decisions in my life. And that's that um, the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. Um, and if you walk at night with a lamp, you can't really see the whole path, but you can see um, just where you need to put your foot next. And so that's kind of what I've been doing is just taking baby steps and holding the Lord's hand and letting him kind of lead me through it all. And that's awesome. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing the pattern? I don't know where I, so what do you want to do next? I mean, what's your goal? I want to work with people that don't have the Bible in their language, but I don't know where or, yeah. Sure you do. Hasn't the Lord just opened it and told you (laughs) exactly where you're going next? Not quite. (laughs) No, not yet, but yeah, I know that it's really cool because even on the, um, especially on the mission field, um, there's not a lot of people that know me very well um, just because it's hard to communicate and stuff, but it's really comforting that the Lord really knows me and he's been really gracious in um, taking small steps with me because he knows it's all I can handle. Because um, if he showed me all of it, I don't think I'd be able to take it. I don't think I'd be able to take it all. <laughs> okay, so Kaylin, he loves you and he has a will for you and he has a plan for you. Um, you nervous you're gonna miss it? I was, and every once in a while I get that. But um, no, uh, I've just realized that he's been really faithful my whole life and he's taken good care of me. And so um, I get to share my life with somebody that loves me really faithfully and perfectly. And so I can just hold his hand and he'll walk with me. He's been very faithful to her her whole life, all 21 years of it. You're so old. You have so much experience behind you. (laughs) I think in the first service she said, he's never let me down yet. Question, is God ever going to let you down? Okay, so is he always going to show you the way? Of course he is. And you can trust that. And um, so you don't know where you're going next. Not exactly. You know what you want to do. Right. You know what you think he's planted in your heart. Right. But you don't have it planned out that you're going to go to this town in this country and you're going to find the boy of your dreams and you're going to get married and you're going to have a bunch of kids and you're going to do ministry and... No, no. But I know that the will of God for my life is that I be sanctified so I can trust that he's going to just make me more like him with whatever he chooses to take me. Praise the Lord. We're proud of you. And we're proud of what God is doing in your heart and in your life. So we're going to try and land this plane. Um, Why don't you go back and get ready to do what you do best. You hang here as I go talk to them a little bit, okay? Okay. Let me have that microphone. So I know what some of you are saying. Some of you are saying, there you go, Phil. There you go, um, highlighting two vocational service people people that are serving the Lord vocationally. And um, so what are you saying? Are you saying that the only way I'm gonna find God's will for my life is if I quit my job and go be a pastor somewhere? 
If I'm not doing something vocationally for the Lord, then I'm not in his will and I don't, I'm not following his calling. Is that what I'm saying? Some of you are going, no. I'm gonna disappoint you. That's exactly what I'm saying. And here's what I mean by that. God has a calling on your life and you're supposed to vocationally spend the rest of your life doing what God has you to do wherever he has led you to be. And you walk in that today, trusting him, right? Trusting him for tomorrow. Trusting him for the next step, maybe, because you can't see. Some of you right now are in a spot where you're like, I don't even know where I'm supposed to go next. I don't know if I put my foot down, whether I'm going to put it down on solid ground or not. Some of you are like, here I am, Lord. Take me to the next step because I don't know what the next one is. Some of you are in a, in a zone where God says, wait on the Lord. And if you, when you wait on the Lord, you renew your strength. Some of you might be in like a little waiting zone waiting for the next assignment. But tr- listen to me, trust people who have been doing it for a long time. Trust the word of the Lord. He will direct your step. He won't leave you there hanging. He's going to take you to that next place. Some of you kids who just got baptized, hear me loud and clear. God has an amazing plan for your life. And the first step you took of obedience here in your walk with Jesus to get saved and let the whole world know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that's your first step. And he's got some great things in store for you. He wants to, he has a plan for your life. He wants to use you. All you have to do is serve him with everything you have for the rest of your life, as hard as you can, and then trust him to take you to amazing places, and he's gonna use you. But that goes for everybody. I'm already in trouble. I might as well stay in trouble. What's your name and what do you do for a living? Aiden Miller. I am a uh, machine operator. Okay. Factory. Can you serve Jesus according to his will as a machine operator? Absolutely. So your vocation is a machine operator. So like the perfect will of God for you is not to become a pastor someday. Probably not, no. He says probably not, but who knows? Right? What's your name and what do you do for a living? John Walmer. John Walmer, I work for a credit union. Okay. Anybody need a loan? <laughs> There's a guy right here. Brother, listen to me. Hear me. You have a vocational calling on your life. Yeah, you got to be the best loan officer, whatever you do at the credit union. You got to be the best loan officer you can be, right? That's what you want to do because you're going to do everything for the glory of God. But do you think it's all about money? It's not. It's all about you shining your light in a dark place so that people will see your good works and glorify your Father as in heaven, but it's all wrapped up in what you're doing and how you're doing it. But your vocational calling is in that place for such a time as this right now to do God's work and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's that's what he has for you. So you're not to sit here today 
none of you are to sit here today and listen to this and say, oh, well, I guess I'm a second-class Christian because I'm not going to the mission field. No way. You're on the mission field right now. In whatever you're called to do, and whatever station God has for you. Robin and I went to a, a conference last week. It was crazy. I've been, to, I've been to political rallies before, and I've been to Christian conferences before, but I have never been to this. This was a Christian political rally. Crazy. I mean, you want to see the crazies? The crazies were there. It was crazy good. Like a lot of right wing nut type of things going on, but it was amazing because, and here, here's what I came away with. Every single person, no matter what their platform is stationed in life, because there were some pastors that were speaking, there were some lawyers that were speaking, there were doctors that were speaking, there were political people that were speaking. I wouldn't even tell you some of them, but anyway, they, the overarching thing was this. Church of Jesus Christ, rise up at whatever station you're in for such a time as this. We're living in a crazy world right now, and we're getting close to the end, my friends. We are. The signs are everywhere, and we're running out of time to share the gospel with people. And you have been specifically chosen and called And God has specific tasks for you to perform in his kingdom right now. You weren't born 100 years ago. That was a weird time back then. You You aren't born like 100 years from now. You're born right now to live your life the way God has called you and designed you and equipped you, especially in your spiritual equipping, to do the work that God has you to do. Some of you are holding back. Some of you are saying, some of you are, listen, some of you have stopped serving Jesus and started serving yourself. You're in a bad place when that happens. You need to get off that train and get on the Jesus train, and you need to put Jesus back on the throne of your life and the word of God back on the throne of your life and start serving him, his kingdom, his kingdom, not yours, his righteousness, live the way he wants you to so that he can continue using you the way he has planned. You're stopping it because you're not living for him. Some of you others, you're holding back because you've heard his voice and you're like, I know what my next assignment is, but it's too scary. Too much sacrifice. I don't think we can make it. I don't think we can make it. We can't make it financially. It doesn't make any financial sense at all. Uh, you need to step off of that and step into the best place you can be, and that is in the hands of your Savior. He'll take care of you. He doesn't call you to anything he's not willing to pay for. He'll take care of you. Maybe you're here and um, you're hearing the voice of the Lord like I did when I was 16 years old. And I'm sitting in a service like this and the pastor is preaching and I knew in that moment that God wanted me to do a specific thing for him and that someday I was going to be a pastor 
And I went up to the front of the church and I said, I don't know what to do. I feel like God just called me today and I don't know what to do. And he goes, I know exactly what you do. Here's what you're gonna do. Get your Bible out, turn to the back of the Bible and write in there the date and put down that God called you and you surrender to ministry. And then go find a Bible college. And I'm like, I don't wanna go to college. He goes, you have to go to college. You go to Bible college. So I pick a Bible college. I mean, there's a bunch of them and I picked a Bible college only to find out that when I got there, that man who stood in that pulpit that God used to call me to ministry had just recently taken the president's position at that college, and now he's the president of my college. How cool is that? And God's calling on my life came from his words because he was a missionary, and he was sharing the gospel to us and sharing the calling of God in his own life. Listen. I don't know what it is. I don't know what this is, why we even are doing this today, but there's, you're here to listen, and I just want you to know every single one of us has been chosen before the foundation of the earth by God himself, chosen to be in Jesus Christ, his son, to do magnificent works that he has planned in advance for you and I to do. Every single one of us no one's on vacation. No one's retired from ministry. Everybody has a job to do and so much more as we see the day approaching. Okay? I don't know what to do now. <laughs> um, but we're here to help you if you need some help. If you're like me when I was 16 and you need to come forward and say, I don't know what to do next, we can help you with that. That brother, he wasn't intimidated at all. His name was Dr. William Fusco. He wasn't intimidated at all to say, I know exactly what you're going to do. You know Dr. Fusco, don't you? We can help you with that. In fact, I'm gonna ask Kaylin to stay down here and Matt after the service, and maybe you have a question for them because you're sensing the same thing that they have shared about. Maybe you wanna ask them some questions. I don't know what it is. Just get after it, my friends, because we're running out of time and people need Jesus. And we need, to be, we need to view our lives as vocational missionaries to the world in whatever station God has for you. So let's stand together and Matt's gonna do what he does best and lead us and God bless you, my friends. Let's go out and make it happen. I choose to praise, to glorify.
thank you for joining our worship service today. Our prayer is that God is using the worship and the message to inspire you to love him, love people, and influence the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today or would like somebody to pray with you, you can let us know by clicking the connection card link. If you haven't yet, you can download our church app where we post upcoming events and announcements and you can share this week's message with a friend. You can also check out our website at fbcelkart.org to stay connected with us. God bless, have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday.